Boy, I appreciate the band this morning. I appreciate the sacrifice they make every week. We kind of call that worship with testicles here at Action Church, man. We feel like worship just ought to have a, a driving guitar, a hard bass, and a hard drums with a guy screaming at the top of his lungs, and I hope you've enjoyed that today. Man, we are living in crazy times. I've now been in full-time ministry. I've been pastoring now. I'm 43 years old. Matter of fact, this coming up Friday, I'll be 44 years old. I've been pastoring 22 years. I have pastored in the Midwest. I've pastored here in Georgia. And for the first time ever, a church that I pastor has the door shut. We had to not allow people into the building. I've never canceled a service for snow. I've never canceled a service for bad weather because I've just always felt like if I can make it and you can make it safely, let's gather together. There's something powerful about people coming together and worshiping together. But here we are. That's where we're at right now. We can't meet together. We're trying to honor our city leaders who have asked us not together. We're trying to flatten the curve and do all we can for the virus that is going around. But I'd be lying to you today if I said I'm enjoying this. Man, Action Church is a church that was designed. Action Church is a church that was created to do life together. Man, there's a lot of um, new movements going on in the church world, and so many churches are moving to um, online church, and I think the use of technology is an amazing tool, and I think millions upon millions of people are being reached with the gospel that would never be reached without technology, but we were designed to be a church where you gather together, high-five each other, hug each other, man, fist bump each other. Uh, it's just a church. We are, we are an in-person church, if you will, and I can't wait to the day comes, we get together back together. I can't wait till the day comes. We've got the grill fired up in the parking lot. We're sharing a meal together, and we're doing what Action Church does best. I, I, we're, just, we're just a church full. For those of you that have never heard of Action Church, maybe you've been thinking about visiting Action Church. Let me give you my 30-second spill real quick. We're just a church full of effed up people. We're a church full of messed up people. I like to call Action Church the island of misfit toys. It's full of people with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. I mean, it's a church with black people and white people and gay people and straight people, people who voted blue and people who voted red. It's just a hodgepodge of craziness. But for so many people, every week it's home. It's their sanctuary in the chaos that goes on in this world. And rest assured, I can't wait again till those doors are open. I get to see all of you face to face, but I'm honored today that I get to come to you via Facebook, get to come to you online. I I've been thinking a lot about our country. We're essentially in a voluntarily, because we've chosen to, we're in a lockdown mode right now. We're not able to get out and do what we would normally do. So many people are not even able to go to work right now. And if we were to be honest today, we're a country that is gripped with fear. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know how the next bills are going to get paid. We don't know how we're going to keep a roof over our head. And these are scary times to live in. The government is telling us they're going to help us out, and I think that's a blessing. And I know the church, because it's the church's job to step up, is going to help out. And I know because at the end of the day, human nature is to help each other out, that we're all going to go through this together. But nevertheless, it's a scary time in our country because we fear the unknown. 
And we don't know how long this craziness is going to last. We don't know if it's going to get better. We don't know if it's going to get worse. And at the end of the day, when we don't know what's going to happen, our mind can play crazy tricks on us. And it's crazy in these times to watch how people respond to these type of situations. It's crazy how many times well-respected people tell us we ought to respond in these situations. Hell, I think it's crazy how the church has responded in these situations. We've got a message, and it seems to me, I'm not saying this is the message of everybody, but I'm definitely saying it's the dominant message right now. The dominant message is a message of fear. Even in trying to get people motivated to flatten the curve, we've issued out fear-mongering statements. We, instead of encouraging people and casting vision on what could be and letting people know that we'll get through this, we've entered into a stage where if we think if we instill fear in people, if we make them afraid of what's going to happen, that people will automatically go into lockdown. But the church, those of us who are Christ followers, we're not conformed to this world, and therefore we don't operate the world the way the world operates. The Bible says this in 1 Peter. It says, but you are a chosen people. It says, you're a royal priesthood. The Bible says you are a holy nation, God's special possession. That's shouting right there. If I was home right now, sitting on my couch, and I had a chocolate chip cookie in my left hand, because that seems to be the food of choice right now in the Lamb family. Disclaimer, rabbit trail, that's what I do. Let me remind you that the camera adds 25 pounds. All the cookies that I've ate over the last 14 days adds another 25 pounds. So as you're looking at me today, take away 50 pounds, and I'm not as fat as I look right now. But listen, the Bible says, listen, if I was sitting at home and I had a cookie in one hand and a Bloody Mary in the other hand, I'd be shouting right now because God's word comes along and he says, we are a chosen people. He says we're God's special possession and here's why we are that, that we may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful life. That's the NIV version. But I really dig old King Jimmy in this verse. The King James Version is the first English translation. Language is a little bit different then. And look what the Bible says about us in this verse. It says, but ye, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I, I dig this. It says, we are a peculiar people. Those of us who follow Christ, we're a peculiar people. D dare I say, we're weird a little bit. Now the problem is when we hear that we're peculiar, the problem is when we hear that we're weird, we think something crazy. That, that simply means that we're a peculiar people. It means that we're strange. It means that we're odd. Here's what it means. It means that we go against the grain when society is saying going this way and they're not explaining why we're going this way, we follow this book and go the way of this book. So we're going to start a series today called Weird. And we're going to be talking about the things in our life that are contrary to the way society talks to. Like, for instance, next week I'm going to be talking to you on a very weird subject for many of us. The Bible says we're to love our enemies. Society says we go for revenge at our enemies. Society says we hate our enemies. 
God says we love our enemies. I don't know about you, but I think that's a little bit weird. So we're just gonna be looking at some things forever how long I feel like God would have us to do that that are contrary to the way society says. Today I wanna look at this subject. Society right now says we should be operating in fear. But God says we should be operating in faith. And make no mistake about it today, you cannot operate in faith when you're consumed by fear. You can be run by one or two things. You can be fearful of all that is going on. You can be fearful of the unknown. You can be fearful of the fact that you're not working. You can be fearful of the fact that you're gonna catch a virus. You can be fearful to go out in public. Or we can operate in faith and we can realize this very simple truth. God is God. He's God in the good times, and he's God in the bad times. He's God on the mountaintop, and he's God in the valley. He's God when the bank account's full, and he's God when there's two pennies left in the bank. God is God, and God is in control. And if we're going to walk in faith, and we're going to live the life of a Christ follower, we've got to walk in the Spirit and trust in God, even when we don't know what's up ahead. I love the verse in Isaiah. I preached on it last week, or I preached on it two weeks ago. In Isaiah, he says, I go before you, and I make the crooked places straight. We don't know what the future holds, but the good news is God's already been to the future. I had a buddy of mine send me a conspiracy theory. I love conspiracy theories. And he sent me a conspiracy theory. Maybe I'll post it on Facebook for your amusement. And he sent me a a, um, conspiracy theory of Donald Trump is a time traveler and had all these facts and all this information. It was a great read. It was super interesting. But here's the reality of the situation. We serve a God who's a time traveler. He's already been ahead. We haven't been anywhere today that he wasn't at yesterday. And when you understand that principle, you can quit operating in fear. You can operate in faith. We were taken by surprise by the situation. God was not taken surprised by the situation. The message of this book is one thing and one thing only, and that message is Jesus. The first part of the book is Jesus is coming. The first part of the New Testament is Jesus is here. The rest of the New Testament is Jesus is coming back. You can't look anywhere in this book from Genesis to Revelation and can't see that Jesus is a theme. That being said, if we had to come up with a second theme of this book, I believe I could make an argument today that the second theme of this book is very simply, do not fear. 365 times, one for every day of the year, baby, the Bible gives a command of do not fear. Let me give you a couple of them today. The Bible says in Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear, I am with you. People say, I don't understand the Bible. Let me make it real clear to you. God's saying, don't fear. I'm God, I'm the big man, and I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The Bible says this in Psalms 56, 3. When I am afraid, this is the psalmist, this is David. He says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. 
I get it today. We have every reason to be fearful today. By the human nature, our natural side, man, it screams fear. Hey, Gary Lamb, the king of it, I'm not trying to be a hypocrite today. I get fear. There's been times over the last couple of weeks I've operated in fear. But the psalmist said, when I am afraid, I'll put my trust in you. When you put your trust in Christ, we move from fear to faith. The Bible says in John 14, peace is what I leave you. Could we not all use some peace right now? In a world full of chaos, could we not use some peace right now? Peace is what I leave you. It is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. Do not be worried and be upset. Do not be afraid. When we realize that God gives peace, we don't have to operate in fear. When we realize that peace comes from God, peace doesn't come from a paycheck, and peace doesn't come from a job, and peace doesn't even come from food on the table, and peace doesn't even come from a roof over our head. Peace comes from God, and when you understand that concept and you understand that principle and you operate with that peace, the Bible says that passes all understanding. Listen to me today. What I'm telling you is you can operate in faith. How about one more? The Bible says in 2 Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Let me repeat that again because you can't see it on the side screens. And if you could, it's not up there because we knew you couldn't see it. The Bible says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear does not come from God. So if it doesn't come from God, it must come from the enemy. If I was the enemy and I wanted to go on attack, the first thing I would do is make people fearful. God comes along and gives us peace. The enemy gives us fear. If we're going to operate in faith, we've got to operate in peace. And operate in peace is the opposite of operating in fear. Yet our country is operating in fear. The world is operating in fear. And we wonder why we're not getting anywhere. You can see it all over social media. You can see it all over Facebook. You can't even give an opinion without all hell breaking loose and people arguing. People that I love and care went at it last night over 50 comments arguing back and forth to the point that I deleted the post because I'm like, good Lord, in the day and time that we live in, is this what we ought to be arguing about? We ought to be operating in peace. And when you're operating in peace, you're walking in faith. Here's the reality of the situation. God is God, and we're going to get through this situation. I don't know when we're going to get through it. Let me make this clear to you. I don't know when or how we'll get through this. This might freak some of you out today. The reality is we might not get through this on this side of heaven, but this world is not our home. This is simply a passing by for those of us who believe in Christ. We believe the Lord is there. He's preparing a place for us. When he's ready, he'll come back for us. The issue with that is I'm smoking what I'm selling when it comes to that. I believe we're literally just traveling through and there's a place called heaven. We'll spend eternity. The Bible says, hey, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. The Bible says God has given us power to overcome situations that would normally make us fearful. He's given us love, man. Love conquers all. I know it's cliche, and I know it looks really good on a t-shirt, and I know that love wins is a buzz phrase, but at the end of the day, it's the truth. Love wins. I'm going to be talking about that next week when we talk about loving your enemies. There's power in love. But then that last one, he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. What would happen if we ever just sat back, breathed, and thought logically about where we were? 
We might get through something a little bit more, but we let the fear mongers, we let the negative people, we let those that are freaking out come along. They cause us to freak out. And the next thing you know, the last thing we're operating in is faith. And the first thing that we're operating is fear. Hey, if you're at home today, do me a favor. Lift your hand and say amen. Listen, don't sit there like a lump on a log. Now, listen, I'm also a pretty smart guy. I figure about 90% of the people watching today are white, and you've never said amen out loud. You're too embarrassed to say amen in church, so you're in your home today. Somebody say amen. It's good preaching if a white boy is doing that. And listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. I've seen some black ones get up and shuck the corn before. All over the internet, there's black preachers getting with it today. But right here in Canton, Georgia, a white one's getting to bring the word today. And what I'm telling you today is, is we operate in faith and not fear. That's good news. The one person here says, hey, man, so what is faith? Good news. This book that you think is so complicated lays it out for us. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, now faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Think about that for a minute. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know where this virus is going. We don't know what the economy is going to do. We don't know what the stock market is going to do. We don't know what the grocery stores are going to do. We operate in the unknown, but the Bible says that is faith. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. The Bible says it's the evidence of things not seen. It's believing that we, this is going to happen even though we can't see it. We have faith in that. Fear does three things. Fear causes us to run away. Fear causes us to run away. The problem with running away, someone I really love and respect used to tell me, he said, man, the problem with running away is wherever you go, there you are. Fear causes us to run away. Sometimes fear causes us to do nothing. It just causes us to sit there like a lump on a log because, because we don't know what to do. And because we don't know what to do, we do nothing. And then sometimes fear causes us to make bad decisions. Can I be really honest with you today? If you're looking for a pastor who has it all together, you have come to the wrong place today. Because over the last 14 days, over the last two weeks, I have probably lived all three of those emotions. My wife is at home right now with my kids watching this service, and she just said amen. I, I, I have wanted to run away because of what's going on. I, I've wanted to do nothing. I've been frozen because of what's going on. I, I, I've been prone to almost make bad decisions with some of our finances and in order trying to fix our finances. See, here's what you got to let me tell you. This is not my job. I do this because I love this. I put on events for a living. My wife is in the event industry. And guess what? The event industry is non-existent right now. So I'm not preaching to you something that's theory today. I'm preaching something I'm living with you today. I am understanding the fears that you have. And all these emotions, the three things that fear causes us to do, at one time or another, over the last two weeks, I've been there, I've done that, but what I've had to do is when those moments happen and then anxiety kicks in and that tightness comes into my chest and I can't catch my breath, I've had to learn to stop, breathe, and go eat my 782, 782nd cookie of the day. Cookies make everything better. You know, there's a great story in the book of Daniel. Daniel's in your Old Testament. And it demonstrates the type of faith 
that we ought to have. I'm going to be real, real quick today. I'm going to run through this real quick because here's the deal. Normally, I'm about 50-minute preacher. I'm a long-winded preacher, but nobody wants to watch me online for that long. So I'm going to try to get through this real quick, but i got to give you a little bit of backstory so you know where we're at. In about 605 B.C., that's before Christ was born, 605 years before that, Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, he attacked and conquered Judah. And when he conquered and attacked Judah, he took all the best and all the brightest men of Judah and he deported them to Babylon. So he went through the country and he took the best of everybody, the ones that had the best potential, the ones that he thought were the smartest, the most physically gifted, the most intellectually gifted, and he, he brought them in to his country into Babylon. And his plan was he was going to train these young men for three years, and then he was going to give them positions in the royal court, send them back to Judah, trained by him. The people of Judah would accept them because they were their own, but they would have been trained by the enemy. There was three dudes in this group of men, a guy named Shadrach, a guy named Meshach, and a guy named Abednego, and they were part of this group. And really, at the end of the day, what the three years was in Babylon, it was really an opportunity for Nebuchadnezzar to brainwash the captives. He wanted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to become indoctrinated, if you will, in the Babylonian culture. He, 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 he wanted them to act like and think like Babylonians, even to the point that he changed their names. Their original names were not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And um, we see that over in, in the book of Daniel, their original names. But the Jewish names they had honored the Lord. The Babylonian names honored the false gods of the Babylonians. So he really wanted to bring these men in that had Judah, uh, that, that, that origin in them, and re-indoctrinate them, send them back into the country with his ideologies. The Babylonians could come along and change their names, but what Nebuchadnezzar was about to find out, especially with these three men, is he could not change their hearts. They were going to remain loyal to the one and true God no matter what. There comes a situation that comes along and Nebuchadnezzar has a nine-foot-tall statue made of gold erected. And he says, every time you hear a certain type of music, and I'll read the verse here in a minute, he said, everyone is to stop and everyone is to bow down to this statue. And he says, if you don't do this, you'll be thrown into a furnace full of fire. You'll be killed. You want to talk about being fearful. We're wondering how we're going to make the house payment. They're worried about their lives. They're not worried about what could happen from a disease that spread only, if, only kills, we can debate, 3% of the people. This was a 100% chance of death. And here's what the Bible says about it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations of people of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the horn, all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing fire. So here's the deal. The music sounds, the horns go off, the guitars start to well, the drums start to be beat, the bass begins to hit that low note, and everyone in the country knows what they're to do, and they know if they don't do it, they're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. 
It's gut check time for those who worship the living God. Those who worship the living God know they're not going to bow down to a false image. They're not going to bow down to a false idol. And ain't boy, that's what we do. We say we serve the living God, but we serve so many idols. And you can see today, you talk about American idol. Man, we have so many idols. Security is an idol. Finances is an idol. It seems like in our country right now, toilet paper is an idol. Man, we put our faith in everything and anything but the one God. And all these people are ready to bow, but three of them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they say, we ain't having it. We're operating in faith. We're not operating in fear. The world says we're to bow, and if we don't bow, we'll die. We'll take our chances with God. Look what the Bible says. Look what the Bible says. They operated in faith. So at this time... Some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, so the sounders went off, everybody's bowed down, three cats had them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They did not bow down. They were doing everything they were supposed to do. They were following the rules that were put them as long, don't miss this, as long as those rules did not contradict God's word, they were doing those. The Bible says we're to obey the laws of our land as long as those laws don't contradict God's word. Some of you need to check yourself. Some of you right now are being patriots and being rebellious just for the sake of being rebellious when you have no clue if those laws contradict God's word. Let me hobby horse there. The, Jew, the, the astrologers came to the king and said, may the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound and lists all the answers must fall down and worship the image of God and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing fire. Now the little snitches, and you know what they say, I come from a crowd, especially at Ashton Church, they say snitches get stitches or snitches end up in ditches. I don't know. But the astrologers are snitching out Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It says, but there's some Jews whom you set over the fairs at the providence of Babylon. Then it calls them out by name. In case you don't know who these cats are, hey, hey, king, it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they have paid no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you are set up. Furious will rage. Nobody, nobody in leadership. I'm in a lot of areas of leadership in my life. No leader likes not to be followed. No leader likes to tell people what they're supposed to do and the people that have to listen to them not do it. Nebuchadnezzar, furious will rage. He summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I had set up? Now when you hear the sound of the music, you're not ready to fall down and worship the image I made? But if you do not worship it, you're going to be thrown in the fire. So so think about this. They're now standing before the king. It's one thing not to bow down to begin with because they can think maybe nobody catches us. Man, we're operating in faith but we're operating in the faith that we're not going to get caught. They've been caught. They're standing before the king now. The king is now asking him, is it true? When you hear the music, you won't bow down. It's gut check time. It's easy. Listen to me, preachers. And I know so many pastors are going to watch this because you can't stand what we're doing here at Action Church. You can't stand that I'm pastoring, so you're going to be looking for some ammo. So let me give you some ammo today. Hey, preachers, it's easy to preach faith when everything's going good. It's easy to preach faith when you're getting paid. 
It's easy to pre preach faith when you're buying the 40 acres and building your multi-million dollar buildings and all the staff's getting paid and you're traveling all around the country on the church's dime. I'm saying it's easy to have faith when that's going on, but it's real amazing how quickly the fear sets in when you're about to lose everything. I see pastors all over the internet. I've seen pastors getting on saying they're having to get someone to fill in for them because they're dealing with anxiety. I saw a patch today and I'm not trying to minimize anything, but I'm just going to shoot straight with said, man, he's suffering during this time through depression. No, 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 preachers, it's time to stand up and have some faith and quit operating in fear. You want to know why you got a church operating in fear? Because they got a leader operating in fear. So here's Shad. That was a hobby horse. That was a rabbit trail. Take it, leave it. That was free. I'm not even charging you for it today. But now they're standing before the king, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he says, hey, is it true you won't bow? Now, here's the deal. They're caught with another thing. Can they operate in faith? They can operate, they can operate in fear and lie. Sorry, king, I didn't hear the music. King, you know, we didn't know you were serious about that. Give us another opportunity. Sorry, king, it won't happen again. But that's not what they did. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to them in this matter. If we are thrown, they said, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Is it true you won't bow down? They said, we don't need to defend ourselves. They said, we don't need to justify our actions. What they're saying is, we're operating in faith today. We're not bowing down to the thing. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, our God is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hands. But check this out. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. He says, hey, are you guys not willing to bow? Do you got anything you want to do to defend yourself? Do you want to come back now and operate in fear and say you messed up? And they said, we don't even need to think about it. We're not going to debate it with you. King, with all due respect, we understand you are the king. We're doing everything you're asking us to do in your training until your training contradicts the word of God. And we're not going to be careful in how we answer you today. We're not bowing down. I'm telling you today, church, you need to quit bowing down to fear. You need to quit bowing down to chaos. You need to quit bowing down to negativity. You need to quit bowing down to fear-mongering. You need to quit bowing down to criticizing everybody online that doesn't line up with the way you line up in this situation. It's time for the church to operate in faith. It's time for the church to start reminding people that God is God. It's time for the church to remind people, hey, we're here for you. We're going to lift your hands up. We're going to walk with you through this. We're going to get through this together. We understand that you're fearful. There's a little bit of fear in us to scratch that. There's a lot of fear in us, but there's more faith in us and there is fear, and we're going to get through this together. That's the power of the church. That's the power of community. We're better together. And so they say, we're not going to bow down. And they even even come back and they say, God will deliver us from this. But they say, if God chooses not to deliver us from the fiery furnace, we're still not going to bow down because we'll be in the presence of God. I'm sweating so bad I can't even keep my mic on today. Listen, I don't know how many people are watching right now and don't care, but I'm telling you today we need to operate in faith instead of fear. There's a couple of things that I notice in this, and I'm going to hit them real quick, and we're going to get out of here. The first thing I notice is we've got to obey God's commands instead of man's expectations. We've got to obey God's commands instead of man's expectations. 
The Bible says in Daniel 3.16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. They didn't need to defend themselves because here's what they knew the Bible said. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Nebuchadnezzar had an expectation that you will bow to this false god. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, I don't need to pray about this. I don't need to think about this. We don't need to meditate on this. God's already been clear. Let me give you something shocking that's going to mess up your theology. There's some things you don't need to pray about. You don't need to pray about when God's already laid out the commandment. And he's told us over and over, I told you 365 times, do not fear He's told us he did not give us a spirit of fear. Now listen, we don't need to live up to man's expectations. We need to live up to God's commands. We need to be the church right now. We need to be the light. The Bible says that we are salt of the earth. The Bible says that we are light of the world. Guess what? Light is of no use to anybody if there is no darkness. We're in dark times right now, and this is time for the church to shine. Now, now, now listen, do not interpret that as me saying you ought to break all the rules of our government. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying if the government's rules contradict the Bible, we definitely need to think about that. But what I'm saying is we need to honor our government. Stay in right now, but be encouraging. Lift up each other. Be there for each other. Be a little more patient with each other. Love one another. Love is a powerful word. The world expects us to be freaking out right now. The world expects us to be looking to the government for our bailout. When we need to be looking for God, who's our sustainer and never needs to bail us out. We need to live by God's commands instead of man's expectations. Nebuchadnezzar has given Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego important positions in his kingdom. He's given them now a second chance to escape. The first chance was when they didn't bow. He didn't throw them in immediately. He brings them before him because he saw potential in these people. He wanted to give them a second chance to operate in fear. But they operated in faith. I think it's going to be real telling to me when all this is done to see how the church responds. Is the church going to be that light? Is the church going to be that salt? Is the church going to be that place of faith? Or are we going to continue to be like the rest of the world and operating in fear? One of the ways we operate in faith is we obey God's commands instead of man's expectations. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. We're going to believe the truth and not just the facts. You say, what do you mean, Gary? Aren't those the same thing? No, no. No, no. We're going to believe the truth and not the facts Daniel 3, 17, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego talking here. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hands. That's the truth. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew they had a God who was going to deliver them. Let me give you the facts of the situation. The facts were this. The facts were the king said, bow down. The fact is, they disobeyed. The fact is, the king was angry. The fact is, the furnace was very hot. The fact is, the king threatened to throw them in to the furnace. The fact is, you get thrown into a furnace, you don't live. You die. Facts. Everybody keeps talking about facts on this coronavirus. It's funny, both sides got all their facts. 
Let's operate in truth and not facts. The fact is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not want to die. They're humans. I don't know any human that wants to die. The truth is, though, the truth is, though, the facts were those things. The truth is they knew God would deliver them. The truth is, if even God, even if God didn't deliver them on this side, they knew they'd be in the presence of God on the other side. The truth is, it's always better to obey God. If they had bowed down, they would have lived the rest of their life with regret. If they bowed down, they might have avoided the fire, but they would have lived a life of knowing they let down God. They, they didn't live life to their potential. If they had bowed down, they would have wondered the rest of their life, how was God going to show out in that situation? That's faith. They would have missed out on the blessing of God. Operating in fear sometimes allows us to miss out on God's blessing of operating in faith. I get it, man. Let me make this clear to you today. Faith is scary. Nowhere in the word of God did God say, man, the will of God was a safe place. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were doing the will of God, and they're about to get their butts thrown into a fiery furnace. But it's the greatest place you can be because it's the place of faith. It's the place where God shows out. There is no living like the living of faith. The very first staff I ever worked on as a church, I was 21 years old. I went on staff at this church. Listen to me, I went on staff at this church for $12,000 a year, full-time ministry. Had to quit my job and go work at the church for $12,000. I took the job, I'm doing the job, can't afford my rent, can't afford my groceries, but it was amazing we were living on faith. It was amazing how every month someone would come up to me and give me a $100 handshake and give me a $50 handshake. Or I'd go to the mailbox and I'd open up the mailbox and someone would have just said, felt led to drop off cash. It was funny. I had all these bills and every month the bills got paid. I would open the front door and there'd be a bag of groceries there. One day, I had to go up to the church late in the evening. I had to get something from the pastor's office. And when I was poking around his desk trying to get what I was supposed to do, I saw something I shouldn't have looked at. I know I shouldn't have looked at it. I should have saw what it was, and I should have walked away. I was the singles pastor at this church, and I looked down and realized it was payroll, and I found out that the janitor of the church made almost triple what I made. And my mind, young and stupid and idiot, my mind, the guy who cleaned the church, and the guy who changed the locks out, and the guy who had the keys makes triple what I'm making, and it's amazing. I got real angry about it. I got real frustrated about it. I, I got to the point that it was eating away at me, and I began to question God in that. You know what happened when I began to stop operating in faith and begin to operate out of anger and bitterness? Suddenly, just out of the clear blue, I don't know why those $50 handshakes stopped and the blessings in the mailbox stopped and the groceries on the front porch stopped. And I noted this day is because when I was operating in faith, God was providing God was reminding me to depend on him. And when I got angry and started looking to an institution to pay me, God was like, I'll, let you sh I'll show you that the institution can't take care of you like I do. When I began to operate in fear, the faith aspect went away. The fact is I wasn't making enough to pay my bills. The truth was my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. 
God's not broken. God, he says he takes care of the ravens and he takes care of the lilies. God was taking care of me when I was operating in faith. So we've got to obey God's commands instead of man's expectations. We've got to believe the truth, not the facts. And don't miss this, because if you hear what I say, you might miss what I say. We've got to believe God, not just believe in God. We got to believe God, not just believe in God. Daniel 3.18. But even if he does not, even if he does not deliver us, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up in front of us. <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, the God we serve will deliver us. They didn't just believe in God. The Lord was not a God they had just heard about. The Lord was not a God they had just read about. He was not just the God that their parents served. Hey, over 80% of our country claims to be Christians. They believe in God. They believe in God. But I wonder how many of them actually believe God. The Bible says even the demons believe in God. We believe there's a higher power, we believe there's a thing, but do we really believe that God is who God says he is? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't just believe in God. They didn't believe in God because that was the tradition of their country. They didn't believe in God because that's what they had been taught. They believed God because they had seen the hand of God. They knew that God is God, even when you're confronted with the fiery furnace. And that's my question. Times like this are the the testing of our faith. Do we believe in God or do we believe God? Do we believe in God or do we believe God will deliver us? Do we believe God will get us through this? Do we believe that God is our counselor, that God is our provider, that God is the great physician, that God will be exactly who he says he is. Moses asked God before he was supposed to go to Pharaoh, he said, who do I say has sent me? And God says, you tell him I am that I am. God is who you need to be when you need him to be that. He's a man who wears many hats. You can't put a label on him. He's the provider. He's the shepherd, the way, the truth, the life. He's the beginning, the end, the alpha, omega. He's the forgiver. He's the father. Listen, he's the friend that sits closer to a brother. Listen, my question for you today as you're operating in fear is do you just believe in God instead of believing God is who he says he is. It's time for the church to realize, man, we especially, especially the American church to realize we've had it pretty good in the God business. We don't deal with a lot of persecution. We're not living in poverty. And so it's real easy to throw up a half-assed prayer to God but do we believe God is who he says he is? And if you're more offended by the fact that I said the word ask than you are the message, the message, the point of the message, you're missing out on the point today. The point is we need to believe God is who he says he is. God will get us through this. Our God will save us, and even if he chooses not to save us on this side of the earth, he's still God. God is God in the good times and the bad times. I have told that to people over and over and over. Someone I love in this community did a Facebook Live video the day, the day before they were messaging me, freaking out, 
got a small business here that's thriving, and they're worried they're gonna lose everything. And at the end of the day, we were going back and forth, and finally I got to the point, I said, listen, listen, listen. Either God is God or he's not. I didn't hear from him the rest of the day. The next day, they did a Facebook Live video, and it, it touched my heart so much because they were talking about how they were freaking out and stressed. And they said, somebody I love greatly sent me a message that God is God or he's not. And instantly, I realized they were right. I'm telling you today as you're sitting at home right now that God is God. If you're checking out this service and you don't have a relationship with God today, I would encourage you today to realize there's a God who loves you. There's a God who has a plan for your life. There's a God who doesn't make mistakes. He created you and all the stuff you've been through, he created you for a plan and a purpose and he wants to have a personal relationship with you. He sent his one and only son to have a relationship with you. It's not about your church attendance. It's not about your good deeds. It's not about you being a good person. It's about trusting in him. It's not about believing in God, but believing God. If you're one of those people and you say, man, I'd like to hear more information about that, hit me up today. I'd love to talk to you about that. There's nothing that would bring me greater joy than to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. We've got to operate in faith, folks, and not fear. Obey God's commands instead of man's expectations. Believe the truth, not just the facts. Believe God. Don't just believe in God. Now look what the Bible says and we're done. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet, faith, feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? And they replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men walking around the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of God. Let me tell you what that's saying here. They throw them in the fire. They took it all the way to the end. Their faith led them to the point of being thrown into the fire. Nebuchadnezzar's waiting to hear the screams of horror and the pain as they die. He doesn't hear anything. He looks into the furnace and he sees four men. He knows they only see three in. He said the fourth man looks like the son of God. Their faith was rewarded. They were thrown into the fiery furnace and God was there with them every moment. If you go on to read the rest of the story, and I won't today, Nebuchadnezzar has them pulled out of the fire. He declares the God, the creator, the Alpha Omega, the God, the only God that they can worship and revival happens in the land because of their faith. I'm telling you today, we've got to operate in faith and not fear. Fear is a natural response. Don't feel bad because the fear starts to grip you. Don't feel bad because the fear starts to overtake you. But step back and breathe during that fear and turn it into faith. Pray during those times. Turn on some worship music during those times. Get in this book during this time. Listen, during the fiery trials of life, God is with us. <laughs> they saw that the fire had not burned their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. The robes were not scorched and there was no smell of fire on them. Then King Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him <laughs> and defied the king's commands and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own. Listen to me. At the end of this scare, this pandemic or whatever it is, are we, because the church operates in faith, are people gonna be able to look back and say, man, look how the church stood up during that time. Look how those who said they were Christ followers handled themselves during their time. Listen to me, church. Listen to me, Christ follower. Listen to me, person who had a relationship with Christ at one time in your life, and for whatever reason, you've walked away from it. This is our time for such a time as this. 
It's our time. He said, if the Son of Man be lifted up, he'll draw all men unto him. Quit bickering on Facebook and start loving. Quit operating in fear and start operating in faith. Quit broadcasting your mess all over the place and start ministering to people. The world's looking for somebody to rise up and be a voice of reason crying in the wilderness. This is the church's time and all I'm seeing from the church is us dropping the ball. Right down here in Canton, Action Church, for those of you who attend Action Church and you're watching, I'm telling you this is our time. Our church was created for a moment like this. We're the church that takes action in this community. And if you think a pandemic is gonna stop us from taking action, then you need to get rid of me and find another pastor because we're not going to stop doing what we do. We're gonna gather here on Sundays, even if it's via live stream. We're still gonna feed people. We're still gonna provide a place for those with addiction to meet. If for some reason this goes on into the winter and temperatures drop below freezing, we're gonna open up our doors. We will not operate in fear. I'm on the front lines with every ounce of fear you have. Don't know when my next paycheck's coming. Got four children. Kids aren't in school. Wife's not working. Got car payments, house payments. I'm right there with you. But we can operate in fear or we can operate in faith. Let's be that peculiar person the Bible talks about. Let's be that weird person. And by weird, I mean contrary to the way society's operating. F fear, we operate in faith. Let's pray.